Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast, The EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. Hosts Dr. Joe Salustio, Elizabeth Liba, and producer Elvin Freites bring you the brightest and most influential minds in higher education today. We explore innovations, ideas, and issues in higher education and beyond, and hopefully have a little fun along the way. Now let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. This is the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business, interviewing the brightest and most influential minds in higher education today. This is Dr. Joseph Lustio, your, one of your hosts, the other host. I like to introduce her as the phenom, Elizabeth Leibel. <laughs> Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I'm phenomenal, such as a phenom should be, right? I, I would think that that would be the case. And, uh, and I'm glad to hear that because we, we need your energy here at the Edip Experience and appreciate Yay. you. I will bring uh, energy. I just had an energy drink, so I'll try to tone it down just a little bit. Well, that's when, <laughs> when you do that, that's when you accidentally hit the echo button and ask those ominous questions that you like to ask. That reverb. I think I'm Beyonce. I, just, I don't know why I'm doing that. I, I like <laughs> it. It makes you seem like the, the, the answer is just impossible with those very, very hard questions. But on the line. Don't scare Matt yeah. away. I don't want him to think I'm going to give him impossible questions. That's why. I, well, <laughs> you know what? If you've, and, and we're going to bring Matt in right now. He, on the line, we have Matt Diddlejohn. He's CEO and founder at Glacier. Matt, how are you doing today? Hey, guys. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no. And if you've, Matt, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that, you know, I come with the warm, I'd like to say that I'm the layup drills before the game. And then Liz is, is just layup absolutely drill. dropping huge, massive question bombs. So that's, that's what yeah, you like. I, ha- I hang on the rim. I'm, I'm like LeBron. I like donk and I hang on the rim and I just yep. I flex. try to smash the glass. Well, well, Matt, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, for joining us today. And, and Matt's on vacation right now. And, uh, and he still joined us, which we appreciate so much, Matt. So why don't you talk to us about Glacier, uh, your, your organization as CEO and founder. What is Glacier? What, what are you working on? What do you guys do? We're Glacier, and we are the leaders in high school and student advertising. Um, so we have the largest high school advertising network in North America, and we specialize in advertising mostly universities and colleges to high school students. So that's really what we do. Um, would you want to hear... You know, would it be helpful to hear a little bit of the, the origin story and you know how we got to where we are? Or what? I love origin stories. Like I'm a comic book fan, so I have to hear the origin story. It's like makes me see how your okay. powers evolved. Sure, sure, absolutely. I don't know if it's going to be as exciting as, as a as a Marvel story, but um, I think I think it's it's entertaining nonetheless. So, yeah, we we started the company eight years ago with myself and and. Uh, a business partner at the time. And we started actually when we were in our, our last year of university and we started the company, you know, largely because we, we were pretty much unemployable and we knew we always wanted to be entrepreneurs and we didn't want to make a resume. So we decided to start the company. Uh, and we, we had this really novel idea, which was what if we could secure, cause we, you know, we were at university and we had seen ads up in washrooms and all over campus and everything like that. And we had just thought, what if we could secure advertising space in high schools because we knew no one had been doing that? And what if we could make that so that it was a, an advertise for universities and colleges because we just knew that was such a nice natural fit. And we, 
and high school students are such an impressionable demographic that we've always had that taken that responsibility that we have to be really ethical in what we're advertising to high school students. And so we just thought higher education was just such a perfect fit. And we figured that universities and colleges are always looking to recruit. And so we just had this idea for what if we could advertise inside of high schools for universities and colleges. And so we, uh, in between classes, we would, we would just call up principals from different high schools and we secured a few. And then we called up some universities and colleges and, and uh, got them to, to give us a shot and, and advertise inside of these high schools. And from that first campaign, it was, it was just a beautiful fit because the universities were really excited because they get to put these massive ads up inside of high schools. High schools were excited because they love promoting higher education. And then when high school students were excited because they got to see all their different options and everything. So uh, we took that model, you know, that was like I said, eight years ago when we were 22 years old and, and we decided to scale it all across Canada. So we did that and we grew our team as, as we grew the company. And we started, uh, we started just getting this flywheel going where we had more universities and colleges joining us, had more high schools joining us. And, and you know, we grew our office out of a basement, uh, literally a basement suite. I was actually living in the same basement suite at the time. And we, uh, we, we grew it out across the country. And then uh, we went to the U.S. and everything like that. And then we started seeing opportunities where um, universities and colleges, they were needed help with some of their digital advertising. So we started doing that as well. And then we saw this rise in influencer marketing and, and we saw that universities and colleges were being a little, you know, slow to the punch, so to speak, with influencer marketing, but they wanted to give it a try. And so we started doing that as well. And, uh, you know, you fast forward a, a few years and now we have uh, 2,000 high schools in our network, thousands of youth influencers, and we do advertising and media now for about 150, 200 colleges per year. Yeah, yeah. We, I don't think we've had a year, well, COVID's been a different story. Uh, but I don't think we've had a year we've, where we've grown less than 30 or 40% per year. And in the, in the earlier years, too, you know, in the triple-digit growth year over year. And we were, you know, we had never done any kind of entrepreneurial endeavor before. So we were drinking out of a fire hose and trying to figure out how to, you know, not only how to build a company, but, uh, you know, how to continue leading the way in advertising and higher ed and the use and everything like that. So it's been, there was a lot of, yeah, some pretty wild and painful stories in those early days for sure as we navigated we, we used to like to say that we were like two guys wearing blindfolds trying to find our way through the woods in the dark that's pretty much what we were like so so you know high school advertising implies that the kids are in high school right hypothetically mm-hmm. so so what's happened to the to your opportunity uh in terms of of building out that advertising in high schools given given that many students are working you know uh, doing school from home right now yeah it's you know we're we're no different than anyone else in higher ed i'm sure we've been massively affected by it uh but it's it's interesting how it's so different depending on the region i mean in in canada for example uh there's there's lots of schools that are still open in fact most of them i'd say are on a hybrid model and so our advertising is still quite effective. We still have universities and colleges that want to put their ads up on walls in high schools. And so we're continuing to do that and we're installing and, and having our ads up there, no problem. Uh, and then there's certain regions, you know, in California, you guys have uh, much more stringent closures and a lot of schools are moving to completely online models and everything. So there it's been really affected and that's traditionally been a huge region for us in California. Um, so yeah, I'd say we've, we've been affected quite drastically and uh, there were some, you know, when, when everything went down in March, there was definitely some dark months there. 
where it was just kind of like, well, we're a high school advertising company. What do we do if we can't advertise in high schools? Um, but luckily, you know, a few years ago, like I said, we'd started uh, figuring out how to, how to really play in the digital advertising space. And, you know, now we're, we're really leading the way on TikTok and Snapchat and that kind of a thing. And so we've been helping a lot of clients with that. And we also were, we're pretty much the only influencer company in higher ed. So we've, we've also been able to, to lean back on those two products and it's been going quite well, I'd say. Explain the business model to me. So I'm a college, I'm after undergraduate students. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay you mm-hmm. to place my ads mm-hmm. in high school. So you're the placement agency for the higher ed institution, yes. correct? Yes, yeah, that's correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the universities, colleges pay us and then we put their ads on a wall in, in their feeder high schools and we work with them to figure out which schools are the best fits. And then we can also, you know, more often than not, we'll have a, a high school student who's actually uh, a content creator in the school and we get them to be a, an ambassador for the university as well. And then we can also do digital advertising and, you know, device ID targeting and, and whatever else at that high school. Yeah, you know, I think it's, uh, it's a re- this is a really interesting conversation because I think right now, um, as you well know, higher education is seeing enrollment declines across the country as COVID has affected mm-hmm. uh, affected institutions. And then, and then, you know, there's going to be a big push to find these students and where do the new students come mm-hmm. from? And, and high school students have been, uh, you know, you haven't gotten the same, particularly if you're regional, right. And you've been dependent upon your region. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, competition is heated up, right. Cause you could go anywhere in the nation now and take online courses. Mm-hmm. So are you seeing, are you seeing mm-hmm. an, inv- an additional investment right now from schools saying, Hey, look, I got to get into these high schools in a more robust way. I, I need to come to Glacier. I need to get in. Or is there a resistance mm-hmm. to, to, to that idea still uh, we can do it on our own. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, how, how has that been moving given recent times? Yeah, so we just we uh, we did this really fascinating research paper recently. Uh, I think it was about a month ago. We did the survey, so we surveyed, um, and we're actually doing a webinar at the AMA Higher Ed. Um, I think it's the summit in November, where we asked 187 marketing directors in higher ed all across the U.S. and, and I think a few in Canada, and we asked them how they're spending their media dollars now with COVID to to advertise to high school students, and we've had some fascinating findings um we what we have seen is that across the board uh because because you know universities and colleges they they really can't lean on two of their most effective tactics which are getting students to come to campus for open houses or recruiters and so they're they're really left scrambling without those two massive um engagement and and conversion tactics and what we're seeing is a massive increase in digital ad spending I think, I think it was something like 35% uh, across the board. They've increased their digital ad spend across every tactic is what we're pretty much seeing. And we are seeing definitely an increase in competition for those domestic students because the, the pool of students has really shrunk. And, you know, you take out the international students and everything like that. And now there's a lot of students that also don't want to come to college because they don't want to give up that experience of the in-person. So they're taking a year off. And so the pool has shrunk and the competition's increased. And so colleges and universities are left scrambling trying to figure out what to do. And, and a lot of them are increasing their digital ad budgets for sure. It is interesting, right? That when you get right down to it, the old concept of supply and demand still dominates any situation. We have a lot mm-hmm. of supply right now. Supply is off the chain. 
not as much demand uh, for, for various reasons. And speaking of off the chain, this is a great time for me to bring in my co-host, Elizabeth Leibow. Oh, I'm off the chain. <laughs> I'm you said off the chain, I'm plugged, lit. <laughs> um, I have so many questions. I don't even know where to start because I'm so fascinated by this. When Matt, when you're thinking about these schools and the high school students and connecting them, can we drill down a little bit and talk about the digital marketing and the influencer marketing and just how exactly that works? Because I think when we're talking about that, like me and Joe were super woke and we understand like about social media and Joe is like, um, he calls me a phenom, but he's a marketing phenom. So he understands all these different concepts. But for a lot of the more traditional um universities and colleges that maybe have just done internet marketing or maybe they're you know mm -hmm. i don't know when i was in admissions they had like i don't know joe like in the, in the stone ages it was like direct mail and stuff like that but if you have schools stop aging yourself liz, liz I, that's it. really aging myself <laughs> they we they we used to get the little mailing cards like the leads that would come in and someone filled out a little card and they would mail it back into the school and we would totally call them off of that little card they mail back in but yeah that's totally aging myself but that's actually and the way you used to do high school marketing is you used to have like little tear off sheets you'd put up on a bulletin right. board. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, for those of us that have been in higher ed for a while, we may be our concept of what marketing, digital marketing actually is. I think sometimes schools don't even really understand how that can be mobilized. Like what exactly when you're thinking about digital marketing, what is the strategy for digital marketing for schools that are like, Hey, I want to have a bigger, you know, footprint but how do I actually what does that look like and what does influencer mm -hmm. marketing look like like how do you actually mobilize those different strategies sure yeah so I think I think the first place I'd love to start is, is on the, the digital advertising side so that that white paper that I just mentioned about where we surveyed the 187 higher ed marketers and asked them where they're spending their media dollars to advertise the high school students we had some, because we also do another white paper where we survey 1,400 high school students and ask them how they consume media. So we get to see both sides of the fence of, you know, where kids are and how they're consuming media and then where higher ed is putting their messages. And the, the findings are fascinating. It, it's, it's almost opposite of what it should be. So what we have found is that the highest used platform by higher ed to advertise to high school students is Facebook. So 77% of higher ed is advertising on Facebook, wherein that is actually one of the least used platforms by high school students. Exactly. Oh my God, I, I can't even tell you I know a high school, school student kids. that uses Facebook. They all use TikTok or something. No. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's yeah, pretty much uses it. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Only 34% only of high school kids are actually on Facebook, yet 77% of higher ed is using their budget on Facebook. So can we say disconnect, that, that Joe? Can we say total disconnect there, Joe? <laughs> I think you can say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Right, and then, go ahead. Yeah. So this is this is we we were looking at these findings and we almost had to do a double take and say, is this is this right? Like this can't be right. And because two the two least used platforms by higher ed are Snapchat and TikTok. Only huh. I think thirteen percent of, or no, it's actually less. I think it's 8% of higher ed is advertising on Snapchat and 1.5% is advertising on TikTok. And, and respectively, 86% of kids are on Snapchat, 
And when we did the survey back in January, it was about 70% of kids were on TikTok. So it's now, you know, probably in the 80% of kids are on TikTok. And so where higher ed is putting their messages and where kids are going is just completely different. And so we, we just think that it's, that's the biggest missed opportunity by higher ed is to get on those platforms. I mean, the other ones are similar, like YouTube. You know, 80% of kids are on YouTube and use it pretty much on a daily basis, yet only 23% of higher ed is advertising on YouTube. It, it's just that's fascinating. mind-blowing. That is mind-blowing. Yeah. That's that right there. Because even if people yeah. don't like social media, every, like, youngster, if they want anything they want to know, they're going to YouTube it. Even before they Google it, sometimes they YouTube stuff, right? Hey everyone, this is Joe just reminding you to check out our website at www.edupexperience.com where you can find and explore all of the content that we've released under the EdUp Experience brand, including multiple podcast series, EdUp Elites, EdUp Embedded, and EdUp Experts. You can also suggest topics or guests for our podcast. Then head over to YouTube, check out our channel, the EdUp Experience, and you're going to find that my amazing co-host, Elizabeth Liba has started a new web series called Ed Up Unplugged, where she talks about racism in America with special guests coming on that web series. We've got a lot going on at the Ed Up Experience. Again, check out our website at www.edupexperience.com. Now let's get back to our guest. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and when we, one of the questions we asked in the white paper too is, you know, how do you research your universities? When you're, when you're looking at universities, how do you research them? And what we found is the, the website is definitely the most, I think 70% of kids look at the website. But then second to that is, is Instagram, and then below that is YouTube. And so, you know, we've looked at some university and college YouTube pages and, and Instagram accounts, and they're just they're not super good. And so, again, that's a really huge missed opportunity, we think, uh, for like if, if, if a university only advertises on TikTok, they are going to be so set apart from the crowd because literally no other colleges and universities are advertising on there. So, yeah, those are those are some of the more fascinating findings we found. Why do you think that is? Is it because they're just not doing their research? Is it because they don't understand TikTok and Snapchat and some of these different social media platforms and how effective they are. And talk to us a little bit about that social media branding yeah. as far as like influencer marketing and some of the things that like us that use social media a lot, we understand that, but a lot of schools are like influencer marketing. Like I, I don't think that, well, just a regular person, like how can that person be, like they don't understand that concept, you know? Sure. Yeah. I think we, we were, we were quite puzzled too. When we started seeing these, we started asking clients and, talking to our account executives about, you know, why is no one on Snapchat or TikTok or YouTube? Why, are, why is higher ed not here? And I, I think what the reason is, is that their higher ed is very comfortable with Facebook advertising. It's been around for quite some time. They've gotten accustomed to using it and, and it shows too in the effectiveness ratings. They ranked Facebook as very effective, even though, you know, they're missing more, much more than half of the, the population. Uh, but they rank it as highly effective because I think they've just, they, they know how to use it. They've been using it for the longest. It's a tool that they've had in their toolbox for some time. Whereas these new platforms like TikTok and Snapchat, they, they haven't been around for nearly as long and, and they are more difficult to navigate. And I, I think there's also just a sense of they don't want to, they don't want to go on the platform if they don't know how to fully use it because they don't want to be that, you know, 
adult that shows up to the to the kid's party and, and then makes it awkward or uncomfortable. You know, that's not oh what they want to do, uh, which which is which makes total sense. But yeah. I, I mean, I think I think the, like higher ed just really needs to figure out how to do TikTok and Snapchat. And, and that will just be a huge competitive advantage in and of itself. If I may. Oh, wow. This here, is, this is I, so I, fascinating, right? I know Joe has a ton of questions. Oh, well, more <laughs> some thoughts to back up um, okay, to back ahead. up what Matt's saying. And, you know, I think here's the deal. Like Facebook has a pretty sophisticated ad platform. You can geo and mm -hmm. you can target and you can, you can get down to what, pretty much to a defined ROI on a lead cost, right? What are you spending? How many mm -hmm. leads do you generate? And now I'm a higher ed person that is in a particular wheelhouse. And I understand that. I know that my cost per lead is $150 or $175 or $99, mm -hmm. whatever it is. TikTok, um, you know, and my, my university, we're, we're graduate only. So our students usually between 28 and 44. So we haven't been on TikTok at all, but we still experiment with it just to see what works. So we've thrown some videos up there to see, and we'll literally have meetings about it. Like, what are we going to put on TikTok, right? And what you, it, mm -hmm. you just can't spend money to to get a defined ROI and a lead cost. You have to create content. You have to be yeah. willing to invest in content creation that people are going to be interested in, which is where the cost really is, right? And mm -hmm. so it's as much about branding and cultivation versus capture, right? Capture, I'm spending money in Facebook, I need a lead now. Versus TikTok, it might be mm -hmm. a month from now or three months from now because I put a series of videos out there. You know, so I think it's the creativity, you know, and you think about TikTok and the things that they do, you know, you remember Matt when, they, uh, and they still do it, that the one where the, the like your, the partner, the spouse and, the, and their partner get there and they're like change clothes, right? And they're yeah, doing whatever. Yeah. Like, how do you do that with a student who's on day one of their graduate degree or, or their, their undergraduate degree? And then there's a picture of them in their cap and gown four years later, right? I mean, there's, oh. there's all sorts of ways to show it, but you have to be really invested in content creation. And my, my uh, theory is that, the, that the, a lot of colleges and universities haven't really invested in that content creation because it's so really why not if the spend. ROI is so much, but you guys have to explain this to me. Like, like Denzel says, explain it to me like I'm a two-year-old. Like if the ROI is so much higher, then why not invest? It's kind of like online learning. Why not invest up front when you know that the ROI on the back end is going to be like three times what it would be on sport? I'm just speculating. I don't know. But I don't take you know hard questions. Like, I'm going to pass that one to Matt. <laughs> like why wouldn't yeah. you invest in that content creation? I mean, I know content creation is hard. I have to do it every day on LinkedIn. Like I'm always thinking about, well, what can I put out there that would resonate with people? So I get the content creation is difficult in a sense. But mm -hmm. if the ROI on the back end is better than just slapping an ad on Facebook, wouldn't that be worth the investment? Like how do you convince them of that? Like what's your thought process? Yeah, I think, getting I think it's... I think I think you really have to take a long-term approach and 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 really look at it as a, as a long-term investment strategy. And this it, it's a really nice tie into influencer marketing as well. And I'll, I'll get there in a second. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the one of the one of the keys with TikTok is acknowledging that it, it's it's not right now at least it's not a lead gen platform. Facebook is mm -hmm. really great for lead gen. Same with Instagram, we do lead gen campaigns, and there we've had some great success there. But TikTok right now by and large, is a really great awareness tool. We see it as a much better awareness tool. You know, it, it's, it's really good just to get the, the videos in front of, 
in front of prospective students and, and really just tie a strong, positive emotion to your campus, to your brand. But it's not going to be the one that, you know, drives a lot of leads for your institution. So that, that's the first thing. And then in terms of content creation, and, and I 100% agree, I think content is absolutely what sets great universities apart from good universities. And that's why we're such big advocates of influencer marketing. And actually, one of the, one of the more fascinating stats we also got in that white paper is 21% of universities and colleges said that they're actually doing influencer marketing, which we actually thought was mind-blowing. We, didn't, we, we did not think that that many universities and colleges are actually using influencer marketing. But influencer marketing, I think, is what is the best way to generate content. So it's, it's basically, and, and by that we mean probably the best content creators for any university or college are the existing students, current students. Student. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, students for sure. When we, when we asked high school students, who do they talk to and trust the most about making their college or university decision, the most trusted group of people is current students or alumni. They're the, the most trusted by high school students. And so we think getting those, that content from the existing student body and capturing that and then repurposing and reusing that content in paid media is the move. It's like that's, that's the content that kids resonate the most with because those are, they are the students, you know, they're in the same demographic. They understand what resonates with their audiences. And that's why influencer marketing is super effective. And I think it's just like the concept of that, I mean, even back in the day, like a brand ambassador or, you know, when, when you wanted to go to a school, they would, they would send out current students or they would have you come on campus and then they would have a student. Like I mean, when I went to the University of Florida, mm-hmm. it was like it was current students that took us on the campus tour. It wasn't like the, you know, director of the program or whatever, because they know that you're going to connect mm-hmm. more with someone that is your own age or a little bit older than you that you can relate to. So mm-hmm. I, it totally makes sense. It just seems really weird that that wouldn't be something that totally mobilized and that they wouldn't feel that that's a way that they can kind of and my other question or I guess my other observation about that is almost the same thing like on on LinkedIn it's almost like there's only like one percent I think of users on LinkedIn are creating content and on a lot of platforms Mm -hmm. you have a very small minority of the people that use the platform that are actually um, the ones that are creating the content, everybody else is more consuming or just observing or lurking, whatever you want to call it. So talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit about the competitive advantage. Cause I found that really fascinating when you were like, well, if no one, no one is even using these platforms. Like, wouldn't it be so beneficial for like my school to jump in and just be like, we're like one of the only ones that are here. So there's like no competition, right? Exactly. That's, that's the thing. If, 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 you know, a university or college marketing director was listening to this and, and they just started doing TikTok, they're going to be the only one on that platform. You know, well, not the only one, but, but they're going to be joined by 1.5% of universities and colleges because no one's doing it. And so it's just, it's just you know, it's like, it's just a totally blank canvas and, and there's just so much space right now uh, for universities and colleges. And, and another stat from, from our white paper is only 30% of kids actually follow a university or college on social media. And, and so if you can get these kids to follow you, they're not going to be following anybody else or, or mm-hmm. very unlikely. So you can have this completely captive audience and then you can be the only one that they're following and you can be the only content that they're seeing. So it's just a, it's just a huge opportunity that we see. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating. So so what's this high school student saying now? I'm going to college. I'm not going to college. I'm staying close to home. I'm going away if I can. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what, what kind of mm-hmm. trends are you seeing in the high school market? Sure. Yeah. So another thing that we do, um, so we do the, the more quantitative surveys where we do, uh, you know, we survey the 1400 high school students. And then we also like to get the stories behind the numbers, which is when we do what we call high school roundtables, which are pretty much focus groups of high school students all across the country. And we've been asking that question. And what we're finding is that there's really two groups of students. The one that really wants the university experience. And so they, they want to go to campus. They want that traditional, you know, all-American college experience. And then there's the other one that cares more about the academics and more uh, about the career, et cetera. And they don't care as much about the experience and they're willing to do the degree or, or the diploma online to start. And they don't care as much about the experience. And so that's how we're seeing these two groups start to form. And so obviously the ones that want the experience they're much more likely to delay their education and just take a year off and hopefully go back to school uh, fall 2021. So that's, that's what we're really seeing. And, and the, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when the pandemic hit, it, it hit everybody differently. Um, and we initially thought that high school students would be, you know, really uh, devastated and have their mental health affected, et cetera, et cetera. And then we did these roundtables, And what we found was the high school students, they were actually having a blast and they were loving it. Um, there, there was only a few that were, that were really, you know, quite saddened by it. And I, I think it was because they were unfortunately from, um, you know, like their parents, they were affected with their work and they were a little bit more worried from an economic standpoint. Um, but by and large, most of the students were positively thrilled by having the free time and, you know, they could get up and do their schoolwork and their schoolwork was reduced. So yeah, the pandemic has affected students quite differently, but that's, that's really what we're seeing right now with the psyche is, is the ones that want the experience, they're really choked and they're looking at delaying it. And then the ones that are more academic or career oriented, they're, they're fine with starting online. And we, we've got a couple of final questions that we ask every guest. But before I do that, I want to ask if my, uh, my co-host Elizabeth Leiba has anything left to say or ask. My final question, because I'm so like fascinated, I could literally keep Matt on the phone for like another hour, because I am like so fascinated mm-hmm. by this. This conversation has been probably one of the most interesting I've had about this whole concept in a while. Because I think in higher ed, we're always trying to. We want to bring the idea to listeners that you know higher ed, we have to be kind of outside of our bubble and think creatively, especially in this, this time of COVID and the students and and thinking about the students as far as how we can bring value to them, not necessarily looking at us as, you know, you come to us, but more we can meet you in the middle and try to find ways that we can serve the students more effectively. So with that in mind, if you were consulting with a college, like where would you tell them to throw their chips? Like what's the best strategy? Should they be focusing all on IG? Should they be doing a mix of influencer marketing? Obviously, Facebook is out of the question because it's not going to have necessarily the ROI if you're looking at that demographic of student. So what would you say, like if I'm, if I'm a marketing uh, head honcho like Joe is, like where would you tell me to throw my chips? Like what is like my strategy moving forward into this unforeseen circumstances of over the next year or so? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's difficult to, to create a generic strategy that's going to work for everybody. But what, what I would say is that I, that I think 
will work for every single college. And it's what we advise our clients too is leverage the content of your best content creators, which are your existing students. And those are the stories that high school students and prospective students trust the most as it is. So leverage those stories. And then the, the platforms that you really, really need to be on are Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Those are the big four. Uh, and, and maybe not even all four, but, but you know, maybe just pick one and just get really good at it because that's, that's where no higher ed is right now. And just by getting good on one of those platforms, well, actually, I shouldn't say not. Instagram, 61% of colleges and universities are advertising there. But the, the other ones, less than 30% are on YouTube, and then less than 10 are on Snapchat, and only 1.5% are on TikTok. So just getting good at one of those, that's going to be a game changer, I think, for any university and college. There you have it. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's your final two, Matt. Number one, what does the future of higher education look like? And number two, is there anything else about Glacier that we missed that you weren't able to say that you want to let our audience know about? Sure. Okay, the future of higher education. Um, yeah, I've been having a lot of these conversations lately about the future of higher ed. I could see, I could see higher education almost almost splitting into two streams. One wherein it's all about job readiness and career orientation and getting students ready for their careers and really applying more of a lean manufacturing approach to what is gonna get that student into that career the fastest. And I, I, I think what's gonna end up happening is, is people are gonna quickly realize that the four year degree is not the fastest way to get there. And so I think we're going to see that time shorten in terms of that track. I think uh, I was just having this conversation with a president of the college here in Canada, and they're going to be bringing back the three-year degree, which is actually quite common in the UK, which I didn't even know that. Um, but I could see that happening where we're, we're going to start taking more of a lean manufacturing approach to higher ed, to seeing, to getting students from where they are to their job a lot faster. So I think that's going to be one stream. And then I think the second stream is going to be kind of getting back to the roots of the, the university or the college, which is basically this knowledge center for the pursuit of knowledge. And, and really that's where the, the research is going to come into play. And, and it's going to be more of that pure research or the pursuit of knowledge where people go to learn and then also contribute to the human knowledge base. So I, I think, and I think what's so much the problem right now in higher ed is, is they're, they're putting that first role of job readiness onto these institutions, which are traditionally more for just the pursuit of knowledge. And I think that's where a lot of the pain is coming into play. So that's, that's where I see the, the future of higher ed. Anything else that you want to say about Glacier? Yeah, I think, I think anyone who's interested in talking about high school advertising and you know, just wants to, to talk about what, uh, what they're doing well or what they're not doing well, or just wants to talk about high school advertising in general, then... They should definitely check us out at weareglacier.org, and we'd love to talk. Hope you enjoyed that episode. To learn more about the EdUp Experience, please visit edupexperience.com. And if you want to be in on the live recordings, please sign up for our email list. Go to edupexperience.com 
and sign up to be a subscriber. We'll let you know how you can listen in live and get the scoop before anyone else does. So please, as always, feel free to share this podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. We would really, really appreciate that. You've been listening to The Ed Up Experience, where we make education your business with your hosts, Dr. Joe Salustio, Elizabeth Liva, and Elvin Freitas.